You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Your Daddy podcast, where we spend 30 minutes in our house trying to figure out how to set up all of this electronic equipment, and then we get on the microphone and we talk about whatever comes to mind. Exactly. <laughs> but today, we have guests to help us out, which I'm very excited for. We do. We have Thomas and Scott, the Von BKs. They are gay dads living in Texas who love all things food, travel, and Taylor Swift with their beautiful twin boys who are now nine, ten? Nine. Yes. Nine. Because yes. when we met them, they were, I think, eight. Yeah, they would have been. Oh, my gosh. And you guys are from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Wow. Yeah. But not originally, which we will find out. Because we will get into one that. of you has a little bit of an accent. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No prizes for guessing where from. <laughs> um, so first, I just want to get into a little bit of like who you are, where you grew up. Um, and then if you want to like loop that into maybe like your coming out story, coming of age a little bit, go ahead and do that. I'll go first. Well, I'm Thomas. Uh, I grew up in Ireland, uh, in rural Ireland, actually, uh, in a place called Carlow, which is about an hour or so south of Dublin. In a very small town, the youngest of, yeah, very small, we don't even have traffic lights. The youngest uh, of four, I have three sisters, um, had uh, a great childhood, great parents. Did you grow up Irish Catholic? Is that like a, is that a thing? Uh, Was, I guess. We grew up like singing Irish Catholic hymns when i was a child did you really yes <laughs> irish catholic hymns like we were very it was very irish i catholic. knew you were irish i didn't know you were that irish yeah like yeah. it's like really irish like every yeah. wedding these hymns was... were automatically divide uh catholics but all that has changed but you grew up with all 15. the rituals all the rituals like yeah yeah i think it was kind of more um tradition than the religious side of things for us um so like going to church and all that was just part of well in our house at least tradition more than kind of like the religious aspect of yeah. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, okay, so, so what what is the town called again? Uh so I grew up um so the main town would be Carlo where I grew up is like the small village is Hackettstown. Got it. And yeah, this is in Southern Ireland. Small. It's uh, he said South of Dublin. South of Dublin. Got it. Yeah. Which I've never been to Ireland. You well, need to go. go. I want to so bad. With all your travels you haven't been? Come on. No, and I know, and I, my family has like 
it's like decently Irish of the five things that we are. We're like decently the Irish. Five things. <laughs> Mostly oh, Irish. No, Ireland is great. In the summer, though. In the summer. In the summer. I know. That's yeah. what I say about like here. Cause it rains a lot. It's green for a reason. So. Yes. Same. If, if you like the rain, go to Ireland. You went to, you've it's been, been to... 11 years since I've been to Ireland. Really? And that was during my rambunctious, crazy summer of love <laughs> through Europe. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Which we are definitely going to talk about in a future <laughs> episode. That summer was life changing for multiple people. Well, I'm always I'm always <laughs> curious um, because it's obviously a unique experience. I think growing up gay, depending on where you grow up, mm. like yeah. growing up gay, depending on where you live, geographically, so what is that like? Wise, all that. So, what is that like in like a small town in Ireland? Well, I kind of knew that it was always different, but like where I grew up. Um, you know, it's like a close-knit community, which you would automatically mm. think it's going to be more difficult because everybody's just going to know. Um, but I didn't officially come out until I left and started college. I was, uh, it was actually in my third year. I was studying in the Netherlands and Germany. And I was coming back every weekend, but not actually going to see my parents. And so the questions... Uh, we're starting to arise like, why are you not coming back to see us? You're coming home every weekend. So I did so go home one particular I did go home one particular weekend. Uh, left it until like the afternoon that I was leaving to go back to Amsterdam to say, Hey, I've got something to tell you. But um, I was really nervous because obviously, you know, you're waiting well for ever basically because you always know that you're different, that you're you're gay. Yeah. Um, but it was no big revelation at all really no no i think it was just more of kind of like the confirmation yeah to my parents that that kind of got them more but like a couple of weeks later they were meeting my other half at the time and Mm -hmm. uh yeah no it's never it's never been an issue and then we had like the referendum on same-sex marriage and equality in ireland um and like my dad and my parents were like the first to vote and Getting everybody to go to 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 uh, get everybody out and, and vote for equality. About when did that happen? The referendum. It was 2015, 2015, 2016. Got it. Okay. Yeah, the first country to vote for gay marriage by popular vote rather than by legislation. Really? And that was 2015. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a an amazing like a, a really exciting time in Ireland. That's so much later than I thought too. You know. For a popular vote. Well, I knew that marriage. Ireland wasn't that much different than the U.S. I, but I couldn't remember that, that they were... Ireland's like, not that much different from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying that statement so low. <laughs> no, like, that's um... not what I said. I'm saying that it's not much... Like, the timing... Time-wise. The time, time-wise. I yeah, knew that yeah, the yeah, timing yeah. of it wasn't that much different no, than the U.S. I'm giving you a hard time. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> Gosh. Um... Did you know anybody who was gay growing up? Like, was there anyone in town that you're like, oh, that person's gay? I have, I have like, well, at you least were... the idea of, like, these people. So I had a really good, I had, like, a really good friend in high school. So our schooling system was a lot different in Ireland than it is here. There's, like, no middle school um, equivalent. It's just, like, primary to secondary. Okay. Um, and so you go into secondary school when you're about, like, 12 or 13, and it's kind of, uh-huh. like, the awkward years. Um are, are, are starting and uh, growing up in the country like everybody at school is like really sporty I was not sporty like rugby is that is this like heart yeah, stopper rugby. and we have <gasps> our own version of like football Gaelic football 
Gay uh, really? football? Yeah. Gaelic football. Gaelic yes. football. Wait, what is that? Tell me more. <laughs> well, it's pretty much, uh, how would you describe it? It's kind of like soccer, but you can use your hands. <gasps> yeah. It's so. like rugby meets soccer. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. I am imagining a lot of things in my mind with like awakening <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a super popular soccer it's a super rugby it's a boys and accents and my god, <laughs> Gaelic country air. Um, so there was like this one guy and he didn't like um, football or sports at all, and we were in different classes, but we got to know each other really well within like two weeks of starting school. And see, he was uh, the one friend that I had all the way through high school. But the oh, two wow. of us never actually had a conversation. Oh, wow. Are okay. you? Are you not? How do we find each other as gays? Like, we're magnets. We just, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's Whether true. we're out or not, we just kind of, like, mm, get together. Coming out then in, in college and then, like, coming into my own and certainly, like, being in, in the Netherlands and, and Germany, it was kind of, like having like the great experience growing up and like feeling protected and everything and like great parents and so it was kind of like coming of age and like in the big city and it's where, where I really came to myself. So mm-hmm. I came out when I was 19. Oh yeah, no, that's much back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that quite early. Pretty, that is kind of young. I was 24. And I was 22 yeah. or 21. 21? 22? Yeah, 21, 22. Yeah, that's still young. That's still young to come out. But thankfully, I'm like one of the lucky ones who like didn't have any issues at all. And I think sometimes you can forget like that like so many people out there don't have the same experience. So you just have to like remember that you're you're fortunate, but like not everybody, not everybody is. Yeah. What was the conversation like with your parents and your family? Do you have any siblings? I have three older Sisters, Real yeah. okay. I think like one of my sisters was just like, well, are you sure? And it's not just a phase. That was like the only question I got. Like my mother was like, no, you are who you are and don't change anything. Yeah. It was just, it was just more of kind of like, he has confirmed our, I don't want to say suspicions. Thankfully, I was like really forced, but it's always like nerve wracking because you don't know, like no matter how safe you feel, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Like it's a huge right. to take. Yeah, that feeling, the pit in the stomach of oh, just yeah. like stomach clenching, just don't know how they're going to react. That exactly. whole, oh my God, your heart's going. Yeah, that sort of thing. Did you have that kind of moment when you came out? Was this over a holiday or did you just Yeah, it was. It was actually right after Christmas. So I was home for like a longer weekend. Yes. And I had been coming home and I'd said like, you know, I'm going to like stop by home and this weekend I'm going to tell them. And then I'd like get back to the Netherlands that Monday. And I'd be like, oh gosh, I didn't do it. I'm definitely going to do it like next weekend. So I kept like building myself up, but I sort of like chickened out at the last minute. I remember when I have more time over the holidays now, so I'm going to do it. So like the week was going by and like the time to go back was like rapidly approaching. And I was like, I'm not getting on that plane without like- And you're like, no, this has to happen before I get on that plane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So so I did. And honestly, it was just, uh, it was just like a a conversation for a couple of minutes and uh, there never really has been a conversation about it since. But right. it's, awesome. like, it's like they embrace everything, like about our family, welcome Scott, they love the boys, and yeah, 
Amazing. I, I was also wondering because you mentioned suspicions of like if, uh, you know, we don't want to say the word suspicion if they had a suspicion of you being gay. But like, <laughs> what do you think could have given it away rather other than like you just coming home and not telling them that you're home? I'm thinking about your Eurovision. Oh, um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Eurovision Song Contest. I mean, that was like my Super Bowl. It probably still is to this day. It's kind of like a, a it's a contest where like each European country would submit like one song every year. And it's like this big, like, crazy are you explaining movie. Eurovision? Yes, yes. yes. we know. <laughs> we know what Eurovision yeah, is. We're not. <laughs> we're bad at like following it. I don't know that I've ever watched it. But I do oh, yeah, know what yeah. Eurovision is because <laughs> all of our friends from Europe yeah, well, I mean, always talk about it. Think of Celine Dion, think of ABBA. Yeah. I think we, ju we just need to start having a party every year to celebrate Eurovision. Isn't it in the that. UK next year or something? It was. Um, it's in uh, Sweden. Sweden <gasps> this year. Oh, God. We should go. <laughs> you just said the magic word. I know. Good luck, good luck to getting tickets, though. It's impossible to get tickets. I don't care. I just want to be in the city. Because <laughs> we, we, we went to Eurovision one time. 2014. In 2014 yeah. in Copenhagen. And it was just a blast. Like, just oh everything around it with all the people. And you, they put a big screen so if people can't make it to the venue, they can at least see oh, like, the what's going on. The atmosphere is amazing. Like, uh, really oh my gosh. Okay, so we've totally gotten off topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, think, I think if you're like, it, it's really big, as you know, in the gay community. And I Correct. remember like growing up like 12, 13, 14, like I would like pick out my favorite songs. I would learn the dance routine. I would learn the words and I'd like make my whole family like sit down and like watch me. And it's kind oh of like, God. okay. Whoa. Oh, you would perform. No. Yeah. I mean, they That's probably amazing. had in to be fair to them. But I mean, <laughs> they sat down and they endured it. So... But I, I mean, I think as a parent, you you kind of just know. You kind of just know. Yeah, yeah, when you're watching your kid perform Eurovision dance. And I made my costumes. <laughs> yeah, you name it, I was oh there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to see. He's so talented. I hope there's home videos of this and I would love to see them. Yeah. Yeah, well, my mother kind of like threatens like every time I go home, do you want to show the boys like uh, you as a kid? And she's holding like the old like cassette tape. I'm like, no, please don't. All right. Please, uh, this summer, please. we're going to be watching it. Yeah. I won't be. Okay, so Scott. Scott, you did not grow up in Ireland. Turn. No, I grew up in the Dallas area in a suburb here in Dallas. Um, my parents, my dad's from Wisconsin. My mom's from the UK. So they met in Spain and then moved over here. And Whoa. so I think that's important to like the story as we go on. Yeah, I actually did not know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't have an awakening as as early as as Thomas did. I think it's also like as as kids in the '90s and '80s, like we didn't have the language to like understand no. what we were doing. I remember like there was a guy in second grade that I like actually liked it but he had this like it was when you put like lightning bolts in the side of your head like shaving yes. oh my gosh he has lightning bolts so i went like the next week to get my hair cut and got lightning <gasps> bolts but i realized it wasn't because like i liked him in the sense of like i thought he was cool i like actually probably fancied him but i didn't have the words to use poor it. memories yeah poor memories lightning bolts in the hair yeah and uh so yeah growing up in dallas my my parents like I, my dad was military and i think he wasn't as accepting then as he is now um, for kind of the LGBTQ community. And so like there were words that he would use and language he would use that would like make me think, oh, this guy actually is right. much, okay. you know, a supporter. Um, certainly they've progressed since then. But 
that was kind of my my kind of upbringing. I was like Thomas. I did not like sports. I hated sports. I would do anything to get. <gasps> You're like my spirit twin. I hear you. I was exactly the same growing up. Like I hated sports with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember I got in a, an accident in fifth grade and I had to wear a neck brace and I was like, yes, I'm out of like PE <gasps> for a few weeks. And it's so funny because our boys, <laughs> we, 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 ask, I, we ask our boys about like, what's their favorite thing at school? And they're like, PE, recess. And I was like, That's I true, hated yeah. recess. Like Every school, oh, I wow. actually befriended one of the teachers in elementary school. And I was like, can I be your helper during recess? So I didn't have to go outside. <laughs> yeah, recess gave me anxiety. Um, and you know, what, what was interesting was like, I, I knew I was different in elementary school. And like, I remember like being called like, a fag and all the stuff in elementary school and like not really like, realizing like why but i always joke like everyone else knew that i was gay before i did um yeah. and i remember those words and like it was really oops, no, it was really dark that was in like second or third grade and i was like because i knew i was different right so, and i didn't know like yeah. how or why or what the reasoning for why i was right and and you know thinking about like you know, you look at the J.C. Penny catalog at like the men in the J.C. I don't know if you remember the. Oh, J.C. we've walked those. We've walked those aisles. Or I get like the International Mail catalog. I don't know if you guys remember that catalog, but it wasn't quite like I wasn't buying underwear from it, right? Like it was just <laughs> right. So yeah. I, and my parents are seeing this, so they probably knew what was up, right? And then like in in middle school, I was a theater kid and really into like theater, and and then mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. In high school, I was like that overachiever. Like I feel like so many like gay guys yeah. are like overachievers. Yep. And in high school, I was like you know president of this, vice president of that, and all that. And I remember one yep. day I came out to my car, and there was a rainbow flag on the back of my car. Someone had put on my bumper a rainbow flag. What? And I was like, w- w- what is this about? Like, and of course, like I'm trying to like pull it off the minute because I'm like people are looking at me, and I'm just like it's it's it was a lot right and i i didn't think i was gay or i was trying to like hide it and like keep it all down and uh yeah it was so embarrassing i was like this is this is what i'm having to deal with right um and you know i just worked really hard on everything else and just kind of tried to compartmentalize all that um so just like straight up harassment in high school with people putting you know a rainbow flag on your car you know we eventually have come back to texas and like that was my fear of like what we would be received you know one of the guys who was in that group that was making fun of me actually like is a gay dad now and i'm just like like sometimes people that are harassing you about these things actually are trying to project Mm -hmm. them right on you so I was going to say that I, I was assuming that you're not, you weren't the only person being picked on in high school or being wow. accused of being gay, even in that kind of way of just putting a rainbow flag on your car. But maybe were you noticing or seeing other people being called out for being gay or being yeah. kind of uh, put on a trial for it? I mean, there was one, one guy I remember in particular, he actually came out during high school in the 90s. And I remember he was like picked on quite a bit and I was I was worried like as well about like being too close to friends with him because then I would be seen as like part of that group right because I was just worried about like what would happen um I remember I was I worked in retail in high school and I remember there was this one time where this guy came up or his friend like gave his number to me and was like hey he likes you and I was like 
mortified in high I, school like, went back, i went to the back and i was like oh my god oh my god like it was just, I like i would scream yeah I'd just scream so they'd and, hand me the number and i would in scream. high school oh my gosh <laughs> i don't know what i would do but yeah so i, I kind of tried to de- deflect from that and i i like dated girls in high school and in in college i was dating I, I went to smu in dallas which is a fairly conservative you know southern methodist southern methodist university yeah um, oh, wow so, okay you know, we have the Bush Library there now, um, uh-huh. and it, it's just it, it's it was very conservative, right? And yeah. it, it's very they I, it wasn't overly diverse. Like it was very much, and I was in a fraternity, and so like everything. Oh I my god! Attorney, you have Texas, and then you have Texas. Southern <laughs> Methodist University is in Texas. It's technically a Christian university, right? Is it a private Christian university? university? Yeah, it's a private university. And um, you were in the frat, so you were like, Texas. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Wearing yeah, the cowboy like... boots, doing the date dashes, like, you know, all that type of stuff, right? What is uh, a date dash? So that's where the sororities, and we did it for fraternities too, where you had like, you'd have your fraternity meeting or sorority meeting and like they'd be like all right we're having a date dash tonight go find a date and you had to like go find no. someone to like go on a date with so but not dinner. not 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 just you on a date it'd be like they'd have a venue and it'd be a party right but you'd have to be like invited oh, oh. my god you just struck a memory that's stressful i had something <laughs> similar at my university <laughs> so matthew went to a christian university as well yeah it, we just did an episode on this and I didn't even think about it. We did this thing and I cannot remember what it was called. It was not called Date Dash, but it was called something else. And it was on a Friday. And I think we'd have about maybe one a month. And it was like, a, so there'd be a Friday and we have sister floors. And it'd be like, um, you you have the male floor, you have the all-male floor, and you have the all-female floor. And the all-male floor would ask each of the individual females, you know, would you go on this date with me? Or would you go on this, like, date night with me? So then every month, you're basically just being forced to take on a, date. a <laughs> random woman on a date with you. It was like this chivalry thing where like, yes, you have to go ask. It was like asking someone to prom. How else are you going to get that ring by spring? Right? I know. (laughs) It was so bizarre. And I remember feeling this immense amount of pressure of like, oh my God, I have to find a date and go on to go to this event where you're just put on trial, put in front of everybody on a public date (laughs) with somebody that you're not interested in at all. Put on trial. This is how dramatic we are as gays. We're like, having to go to dinner with a woman is basically like going to court. I mean, (laughs) you're you're in front of all of your peers. All of your peers are on this date together. And the irony is... Literally, what could be worse for you? Oh, but the irony is is that (laughs) most of us were gay anyway. So we're all like at these boring-ass dates with these women that we're like, we're not interested in. Yes, that's that's true. Some of my portrayed brothers ended up coming out later on. Yeah. (laughs) It's just shocking. I'm like, wait, you were all kind of hooking up with each other, and I didn't know that any of you were gay in college. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole other podcast in of itself. (laughs) So so I I, I ended up going, uh, I did a a semester abroad in Spain. Actually... (gasps) One of, my, one, of, one of my classmates was DJ Pierce, Shangela, was on, no my, way. Was on my same yeah, study abroad program. Oh my we God. We like travel on the weekends together. And, and he was like this 
you know, you know, DJ. He's just like oh this gosh. big character, right? And he was back then. Oh, and, yeah. and I remember like he would like disappear and we wouldn't see him. And we're like, where was he? And, and come to find out he was in Chueca all the time, which is like the gay area of Madrid. But oh, we were traveling and stuff. And I remember I was in Madrid and I was like, sometimes walking around, I'd try to walk like in the streets of Chueca. But then I was like, oh, this feels like I can't. And it was just this weird like. Yeah. You're like, do I jump in? Do I do I dance? <laughs> myself out and again i guess there's something around like when i fancy someone i want to like do something like them there's this guy who had an eyebrow piercing and i fancied him <gasps> so i decided to get an eyebrow piercing because that would be cool it was a bad this is what what like uh somewhere between 2000 2010 uh 2002 to three was yeah yeah okay i am imagining exactly what this eyebrow piercing man <laughs> looks like in yes. spain and i i'm i'm I am all over. You're all over it too. <laughs> so I'm thinking lie. Regina George bought army fan, army pants and flip flops. So I got army pants and flip flops. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly like the lightning bolt thing in the hair too. Yeah. Like you see the lightning bolt. <laughs> so in the hair. Was- My piercing and everything else. And uh, I ended up like, again, I was not quite there yet, but I remember going to the beach in South Beach and there was like the gay part of the South oh, Beach. Boy. And I, I remember there was like a, almost a rope and I would like sit on the other side of it. I'm like, I'm not in the gay <laughs> beach, but I'm next to the gay beach. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I, I went back to college and dated this girl for a while. And I remember like going to meet her family and she had a twin brother and I was like, oh, he's kind of nice. And I was like, wait, wait, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, this is um, wrong. And we ended up breaking up. Uh, and then, and then I started dating, uh, the twin, a, a girl. No. Oh my God. That would have <laughs> <laughs> been an amazing twist. No, I would have been like, what? and then I started dating a girl out of college. And it was just one of these things of like, was my sister going to like, get engaged to her boyfriend at the time, or was I going to get engaged to this girl? And then Oh, you were serious. And uh, we got to, we were dating for like a year and a bit. And I remember like, eventually we broke up and I had started dating a guy like uh, briefly and, and I got an opportunity to go to the Middle East and I went, I'm taking that. So I moved to the Middle East. um, And it was this like liberating thing because I had been in Dallas most of my life, except for you know, Spain. And I was able to like get away from my family and kind of become my own. And that's where I like had my first, like what I considered my first boyfriend. So anyway, I was there and I started like coming out to a couple of my like work friends. Um, and then after that kind of a year, I think it was a year and a half, almost two years of being in the Middle East, traveling and kind of being out, but not because I remember my client when I was leaving, he's like, Hope you and your wife enjoy your life or something. I was like, okay. Obviously, I kept this under the radar for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I I worked in the UK, and then I worked in Ireland and met Thomas in Ireland. And um, I had come out to my sister by that point in time. I had come out to some of my friends, and then uh, my parents were over in Ireland visiting, and we had been dating a couple months at that point in time. And I was like. I remember being at dinner and I'm like, there's something I have to tell you. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, tell us. Like, it was almost like same thing as Thomas's story. Like they knew, like, just waiting for the confirmation. They, knew. they were waiting for the confirmation. And my sister was like, you need to tell mom and dad because she felt this great, like pressure to like, keep it like secret, my parents yeah. asked questions about me. And she's like, I don't know, but she kind of felt like she had to hide. Right. And so, yeah. 
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I came out to them at dinner, and then we went to a gay bar right after that. Now, I did say... Wait, what? And then Thomas showed up. Like, it was just like... They went with you? And I have a boyfriend, and uh, if you want, we can go to a gay bar across the street, and um, I can text him, and he can be there in an hour. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. You just decided to go real fast. I don't think my parents have ever been to a gay bar. (laughs) I don't. I don't think I'd ever take my parents to a gay bar. My, I just like they're supportive. They're so lovely. They are allies. I just, just, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think they would know what to do. Actually, my dad would probably be fine. My dad can talk to a wall. I think just my mom would just be like, "How do I act?" Like she's so used to being in church. I just don't know um, what she would do in a gay bar. I've been kicked out of gay bars because of my mom. Yeah, so, that's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Wait, can she goes we? Wilder than I. Can we talk a little bit? Where were you in the Middle, Middle East? East? Because having a gay mm. waking in the Middle East sounds a little unique. So I, I worked in Doha, Qatar. So like uh, like okay. dangerous. So there aren't gay bars there. Exactly. There are there aren't. No, but uh, no, there are no gay bars. And I remember like you just meet you just kind of know. It's one of those things like once you're in that circle, you kind of know like who's gay and who's So you not. ended up in a circle of other gay men living in Qatar. Like very under the radar in Qatar. Yeah. Did wow. it feel dangerous? Were you like kind of i don't know living in fear in Qatar. No, or was no, it like, no, no. isn't it like illegal i mean it's but like not a very you don't way. like you don't go hold hands or anything like that yeah that's true it's, just, wow. it's very yeah but i was traveling a lot on the weekends too so i wasn't always in the sure. middle east so wow. based in the middle east. i was based in the middle east yeah. but like weekends i, I was uh, like you know, I okay. fly to different places so i go to europe Jeez. or asia or 
Yeah, that's true. So you you two meet in Dublin. Did you say Dublin. you met in Ireland or you met in Dublin? In Dublin. I was on a project there and, and Thomas was working there. Well, living there. So then I was living there. I was where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then you meet, but you're like, well, I'm from the US, but I'm living in Doha uh, and you're from Ireland and but we like really like each other and let's try and figure out yeah, so how, how to happen? make this work, how did that work? yeah like, so, so i i had finished with the doha bit at that point in time but i was based in dallas but working in ireland and yeah we we dated for a while what's interesting yeah. was um my the, my manager at the time he it was really interesting like on a project of four people three of them were gay men which doesn't happen much and and he's like you like this guy, don't you? And I was like, yes, I, mm-hmm. I do like this guy. He's like, well, you need to figure out a way to make it work. And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, so we, we met at the end of August, August and your project was coming to an end. End of the year. Right before yeah. the holidays. Um, and so you were moving back pretty much stateside right then. Oh my God. And, and how long had you been together? At uh, that time? Yeah, at that point when he was like, when he was like going to be moving. Four months. Back home. Yeah, four months. Four months. <gasps> okay. 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 <laughs> But we had only gotten really to see each other, well, two or three days a week. Yeah. So it was like very condensed. Condensed, like you're seeing each other on the weekends. And- yes. Yeah, so when, when you were moving back to the States, it's kind of like, okay, well, it's going to be a bit more difficult, but you know, yeah. we have travel benefits. We can still somehow maybe yeah. figure it out. And then I remember, um, on December 26th, right after Christmas Day, I was put on this, like, what we call, like, a block of standby duties. We used to get this uh, block of two weeks every year. Mm. And mm-hmm. you just, like, dread those two weeks because you could go anywhere. Um, and I was really lucky. Um, they sent me to San Francisco for five days. Okay. And I remember sending, like, uh, Scott a message to say, oh, they just put me, like, on a San Francisco trip. Uh, I'm going to be there for five days so it could be worse but you know that's what they gave me and that was it and then like took off landed in san francisco and turned up and he was waiting in the in the lobby oh my that kind of like this sort of maybe this could work somehow i was fortunate enough because my my mom's british i could move to the uk and ireland so as part of when i went back to the release i also transferred over to london we had an office in London, so I transferred to London, which made it. I was in London, but really, in I, I was commuting between Ireland and Dublin right. for a year and a half. Super mm-hmm. close together. This well, is like such an international love affair. This is there's I, so much logistics in this. I love lots that. of logistics. logistics, but it, it was great too because when I was in Doha that second time, uh, you know, if I if Thomas had like four or five days off, he would fly down for the weekend or during the week when I was working. Oh sure. And just kind of hang out at the hotel and bump into nice. Gordon Ramsay in the spa, like that type of thing. <laughs> okay. Just a little jaunt to Qatar. He's a very different character. He's a nice guy. Um, Is he? Ooh. <laughs> in real, in real life. Like, that's, that's like an eternity ago. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like looking back how, how far we've, we've come. I know. I love this. Yeah. This sounds like another life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like as I like bouncing around the globe. Dating we each other. I felt I felt stressed out enough just like living halfway across the U.S. and like trying to figure out how to make that work between us. And you guys are like, well, I was jumping from San Francisco to Dallas to London to Dublin to Doha and like just making. Yeah. Well, there's like, a there's a way, I guess. Oh my lord, that's awesome. Yeah. So then we talked about having a civil partnership because marriage wasn't a thing back then. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did that in 2012. Was that in the U.S. or in the U.K.? Or both? Ireland. Or Ireland, okay. Yeah, so we had one of our favorite venues. A lot of your friends came over. We had it over uh, July 4th weekend. An amazing, an amazing time. And then I was commuting back and forth to London. I switched over to British Airways and based myself in London. And then the conversation came up, you know, what about maybe becoming dads? Wow. And it was just conversation that started to roll very quickly and things started to like fall in place and so 2012 we had our civil partnership Mm -hmm. in 2014 we were dads to the boys through surrogacy jeez that moved fast okay so like this goes from Qatar, dublin london when did you make the move to dallas yeah that was after our boys so they were about one when we moved over here oh my god wait so you had but where did you do surrogacy then? Because you guys in had California. California. Yeah, in, in the California. US. California. Okay. But you were living in London. Yes. Jeez. Oh my gosh, that's so stressful. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, a whole other so layer of complexity with, with that. But uh, yeah. But so you we... were a US citizen. Mm-hmm. So did you have dual citizenship, Emirates. really? Yeah. yeah, dual citizenship. So then was that helpful to be a US citizen doing surrogacy in the US, I'm assuming? Because there's yes, like international. Was things right international yeah. fees I mean, international or whatever surcharges i don't yeah. know how it was 10 years ago but yeah i mean it, it was certainly it, it complicated the matters being international but we wanted to do it in the u.s because we looked at the uk versus the u.s and there are different laws in the uk around surrogacy that we were less comfortable with in the US and then mm-hmm. state to state yeah looking in the states we thought california was the best and i remember they had right. an alternative parenting conference in um, the UK, in London, and you were traveling at the time, mm-hmm. and I went. And so we were looking at like surrogacy agencies, they had co-parenting agencies, they had adoption agencies. And you know, I remember meeting a couple of folks and they're like, figure out one thing to anchor around and then build your team around it. And we had heard about this one doctor that was really good in California, this fertility doctor that was really good. And so we anchored like our team around that. Perfect. Um, Oh, that's great. Yeah. And and oh. so that's how we started the process. And and Thomas was still traveling as crew at the time. So he, it, like he was able to fly over a couple of times to California. We were there okay, for awesome. their 20 week, their embryo transfer, mm-hmm. um, a few awesome. other yeah, visits. Yeah. Um, but I remember going to work and being like, uh, so what what's the parental leave or what's the what do we get for like medical visits as as you know, intended parents to surrogacy? And they're like, uh, we've never had that question asked before. So I, I thought, I think yeah. a lot of our surrogacy journey too was like, uh, was just kind of, we were navigating through the dark really. Like we didn't really have anyone that had gone through it. No, any, and the resources online were very slim yeah. scarce. at the yeah. time and scarce. And I mean, this is like 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. murky enough now. <laughs> <laughs> had you seen somebody go through surrogacy before? Like, had you, had you seen people go through surrogacy before? Did you know any gay couples that were dads? Like We didn't know anyone personally. I mean, you see, like, the celebrity that goes through it or whatever, but that's sure. kind of, like, the extent of you. Yeah, so that was our, that was kind of how we decided. I mean, we, the surrogacy process for us went a lot quicker than we had anticipated, too. I remember yeah, we, we had the conversation. Very, be very fortunate. We found the doctor. Mm-hmm. He said, talk to these three surrogacy agencies. We interviewed all the agencies. One of them we matched with. Well, we decided to go with. Right. Sure. Um, we found an egg donor at some point, and it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And then it was like, 
we did the cycle first cycle and we had twins and it was just like it was it, like everything fell wow. into place at once it was just yeah. amazing so that's cool. incredible quite a difference from our journey going at a snail's pace i know i think we're like <laughs> we're like just crawling through this thing right now <laughs> You're just like boom, boom, boom. Let's have a baby. That's awesome. <laughs> it just, it just, it just happened that way. I mean, we weren't, we were actually expecting it to take a lot longer to do everything. That's true. Was there a lot of red tape to cross or complications through like going through that process, or did it seem just that everything kind of clicked and went um, forward? We so during the egg donor. So the way that worked with our agency was we had to. The surrogate agency said, we'll pair you once you find an egg donor. Like they wouldn't let yep. us pair with it. We're like, oh, sure. okay. And I remember we looked at so many egg donors through multiple agencies and it was just mm -hmm. like, it was a little overwhelming. And then we got down to two that we liked from the mm -hmm. first agency that we looked at. After going through all this, you go back to like the original <laughs> one, you're like, all right, yep, these yep, are two. Yep. And so our fertility doctor went through the profiles and said both of them are good and all that. And then we get a call from the egg donor agency and they're like, uh, your egg donor has been like double booked. And we're like, you can, Oh double my God. Book egg donor? Double booked. Uh, oh and so that Dude. created a bit of complex complexity. You're like, this isn't a restaurant reservation. Like, what do you yeah, need? Exactly. It's a flight. Exactly. You and they're like, we can give you three other alternatives. And we're like, it's exactly. No. It's not like you want the chicken versus the beef. There's like a lot more that goes into it. Right. Yeah, and looking at medical history and, so that was one, um, and then I guess the only other one was our surrogate had a little fender bender one time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that's not a, a nice phone call. When we were in London. in London, that she got into a car accident. Yeah, she was she was fine. Somebody drove into her, um, but she got checked out. But like still, you're it kind of just like rattles you a little bit, and you totally yeah. You know. Yeah, you're like, are the babies gonna come early? Was there anything that happened? You know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. no, it was it was all okay. And then we thought they were gonna come that we thought they were gonna arrive early and then it's like okay, we better get over there because we had one last like dad solo dad trip like books before we were like in the, the um, middle of things. Um and it was like instead of going that way, we're going this way over to, to California. And so we got to hang out there for a little while. Um so they, they stayed in and we were just like really lucky, we didn't have any Niku or anything like that and really yeah that's amazing a dream yeah a dream so how many weeks <laughs> they were basically full term from twins. So full term for twins yeah yeah, yeah. which i think they say is 37 no in 38 i i can't remember exactly yeah, but it could be anywhere from 36 to 38 oh yeah i want to say 36 is the Minimum they want you to be, yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, they're like, they've baked long enough. There's no more room in there for them to grow. Yeah. <laughs> they're still baking. They, they went to the office and they're like, instead of keeping them in, they're like, we, uh, we need to get off them you out. Go. Yeah. So. so then you're living in London. You bring your twin boys home to London. And then you're like, London's cute, but what about Texas? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we, 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 we I we feel like Thomas has some trepidation over that. There were a few conversations we had over it. I, I think uh, one was we didn't have any immediate family close by in, in, in London. London proper. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. one of our sons had had a few medical things. And so, and I was traveling still for work. And it was like, well, maybe that's, that's it. Just and then, like a support network. But then a lot of your friends, because they're like the same stage of life as us, they were having kids. And mm. 
you know, what you can get for your money in London is a lot different to what you can get over here. Yeah. Right, exactly. But then you can't have it both ways. I mean, London is London. It's yeah. like a great place, but it's a trade-off. <laughs> but Texas! Did, did it take a lot of convincing for you to move to Texas? Uh, I'm still, still convincing, still convincing me. <laughs> still I, convincing you? I, 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 honestly, we're still in the trial period. <laughs> I mean, similar comparison to like moving to South Dakota. Yeah, so I'm from South Dakota, and where like, your family is. I just from here. The amount of of like, I just can't even imagine Matthew living there like long term. Would not. It would not. It there's, only one, there's only one way to find out for real oh <laughs> yeah, no, no I, we've no, already no. done that i've gone to nebraska for four years we know it doesn't work we're lucky though because <laughs> his family's close to us here yeah in Oregon. yeah well, that's nice so yeah. yeah we have that was part of when we were trying to figure out what to do after i was done with school is like well he lived in seattle loved seattle but like portland is like way more affordable and closer to family and like oh. eventually if we want to have our own family having that support system it's this i totally understand that too yeah, you're just 100%. like okay well one of us is sick or like that's the thing is if we didn't have a support system here then it would be a different kind of conversation it's just the yeah like yeah my Portland sister versus south dakota my man. sister's actually moving back to south dakota right now because of this exact reason from, from phoenix. phoenix and like right. she was not really that excited but now i think they kind of are just totally. because it's so hard and especially now with like small kids and how expensive like childcare yeah. is, it's just yeah. like and affordable housing and all of that uh, just to yeah. have enough room to have a family. And it's just, it's, uh, so it made a lot of sense to move to, to Texas. Texas. It wasn't a passion project. It was more of like a necessity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll put it like that. <laughs> how long, so how long have you been? So you've been in Texas. That would have been. Twenty uh, nine. We moved over. Yeah, so eight years. It's like eight years. But I mean, I go back home. A COVID was like a long time to go without getting back to Europe. So it was like the guts of two years, almost certainly a year and a half. So I I, I try to go back every two three months. Oh yeah, amazing. Um, oh, that is really nice. Yeah. And the boys love going over there. Um, you know, we spend our summers over there. That the countdown is already on. We're headed straight over once school is out. So we Amazing. love we we love going back across the pond for a break. It's like so, a bi-continental family. Beyond I love that. Beyond just like having the option to live in Europe and then living in the U.S., um, I think it'd be interesting to talk about just like your experience as a gay couple. Well, I guess you moved to Texas as gay parents, so yeah. you you know you weren't just navigating like oh, let's move to Texas, the Dallas area, and, like, be a gay couple and, like, try and figure this out. You're like, and we have a family, so mm. now we're trying to figure out... That, that is the big question of, like, yeah, what's it like living in Texas? Yeah, what's it like living in Texas Cowboy as gay parents? country, as gay parents... And Cowboy gay... country! Cowboy country! Come on! <laughs> well, I, uh, I have to caveat that by... I think living in Dallas and the metroplex around Dallas might not be the same as, like, everywhere. Correct. Right. Right? It's, yes. It's, 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 I mean, there's a lot of... Especially over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of people from like California that have moved into the area, and so there's like oh, for a little sure. bit of a okay. different like sense of like uh, how community, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was honestly that was one of my fears coming back here was like, will I get the stuff that I like? Will we get the same resistance that I had when I was in elementary, middle school, right? Yeah. And it's actually been very welcoming uh, for the most part. I remember one of the challenges we had was looking for childcare for the kids in pre-elementary school because 
all these like Mother's Day Out programs or whatever, religious they're things. typically religiously based, so they're connected with a church or something like that. And so oh. that was that was a bit of a challenge to find one that was like accepting of us. Um, and we did find one, but it, it took us a oh, little bit of hunting to mm -hmm. find one. Um, you know, I remember Got it. calling one. We called one in particular, and we were on the speakerphone in the car with the boys, actually. Yeah. And, uh, we were asking about, like, you know, will you be accepting of two dads? And they were like, well, we teach the Bible. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm sorry. And, and, and so love we, everybody? And we're like, well, like, for our kids being... And they're like, at the age that you're at, uh, the kids are at, it should be okay. They're going for But it was almost dads. like, but in a couple of years... We're gonna it should be some. okay. Yeah. So oh we... Uh, needless to say, we're like, thank you very much. Next next call. Was the end of uh, thank you, next. Season. So, so that was kind of a, a little bit resistant, but I, I think it's more like, it's more edgy. I, I don't think a lot of people are like overtly like negative towards a, well, a, to our, to our face, faces. I think, I, I, I think there's, I, I think there's some education that needs to happen. Like, you know, you get a form yeah. and it says like mom and dad, or, you know, they have like, oh, all the things. but yeah. I remember, I, or like muffins with mom and we're like, well, our kids have two dads so do they get excluded from that oh or, yeah right? and, there's and, so many school associated things and traditions yeah. that are like very very outdated for yeah. archaic but thomas had, yeah thomas had a good perspective on that you know when we were giving feedback to the the preschool at the time like it's like there may be kids that don't have a mother at all because they have passed away yeah. or whatever. Like Separated it's not as they're yeah, they're knows? divorced. There's lots of different reasons why you need to be more inclusive. Right. Um, but we've 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 taught the boys like you know to try to be inclusive of everyone else. So that way, hopefully, you know they'll be included too. But I, I don't think overtly to our face, we've never had a really negative experience. If anything, it's people coming up to us and saying like, "Oh my gosh, your family's so precious," or <laughs> or things like that, um, which which is great. Uh, or you get like uh, I remember there's a little old lady that came up to me at like a Panera, and she's like, "Your boys are so blonde. The, your you know your wife or mother or, or their mother must be you know blonde." And I was like, "Well, the egg donor was," and I could see her being like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> I I take it as people don't come from ill intent. It's, no, it's about like yeah, people just don't know, right? And so it's about yeah, educating or people, or, or yeah, or people just assume, right? And I so mean, it's, it's very about, easy to make an assumption when you see, yeah, a parent out to assume that there is an opposite sex parent at home. That's how we grew up. That's just a very yeah. or you like, get like you know we have our thing. our friends that we go with who also are gay dads, you know, Jason Joe, and they'll be like, oh, it's yeah. dad's night out, and it's like, well. Every night stays, <laughs> every day stays, yeah, dad's night out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I don't think, but yeah, and it's also like, I think people who don't necessarily agree with our lifestyle, just, we just don't interact with them. Yeah, that's true. So there's- Are you pretty comfortable? Out. Are you pretty comfortable just like, you know, when you're out and about or you're meeting new people and you're just like, oh yeah, my husband or my husband this, my husband that, like, does that ever feel weird or like It doesn't feel weird. And I, I, and you know, one of the things we did was we, we have the same last name now too, right? And, and I think that's important. And the reason why I say that is because as dads, it's important that we don't ever hide who we are because yeah. we don't want our kids to ever feel ashamed of where they came from. And so oh, totally. you know, if, if, if it's ever like we're uncomfortable being ourselves in any way, shape or form, like 
will they pick up on that, right? And so, but but mm. we're very old school. We're not PDA and public type of guys. Same. Like, yeah. yeah, we're we're just we're just not like I I don't I could probably count on one hand the number of times we've held hands in public and you know the over a decade that we've been together. So. Yeah. 16 years. <laughs> I think some listeners are gasping right now <gasps> because that is just, oh my God, how could you not hold hands? Well, well do you, do you, <laughs> does it feel different when you're in um, Europe? Like when you're back in Ireland or if you're in no, London or kind of the like, same. Do you feel any different? Do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel, does it Well, I think your I personally feel a bit more comfortable in Europe because that's where I grew up. That's, I kind of could, have yeah. like the European mentality. Yeah. I do feel in America, like no matter where I am, not just in Texas, I feel that I'm kind of sort of not, not like on my best behavior, but I'm kind of like You're aware. respectful or kind of because, you know, as I said, I was like a flight attendant before and like coming here was, was like great. And like growing up over there, you think like America, America, America. And, but mm. it's not like until you actually live somewhere that you kind of like get a true sense of like culture. The culture is different. And I only realize that by like living here. So I find that I have yeah. to be kind of respectful of culture all around. So it's mm. not that I'm flashing who I am in front of everybody. I think there's like a security be when I go back over, like a mental security when I yeah, go right. there because I just know how people are if that makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I mean, I 100%. think I think even sometimes when we're in Europe, like we feel almost just more comfortable in general. We live in like the most liberal city I mean, potentially in the US, like top 5 at least. But right. even but then sometimes maybe we're maybe it's just cuz we're on vacation, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was yeah, maybe maybe your comfort's coming from the perspective of being on vacation, but when I think about like uh being a gay couple in other countries in Europe, I don't necessarily feel the same. I feel like I'm a little bit on guard or oh, on, I don't at more all. In, a, in a more observant field of like, I need to respect this culture. I need to be careful how we're acting. Like, is this going to come off weird if I say this? Like, just more questioning my own actions to make sure I'm not offending anyone. Just depending yeah. on where you're Ah, uh, yeah, but I think in most countries that I visit, even if they are super gay friendly, I don't want to offend anyone's culture, and so I have like an extra layer of like of being on it or like on of just like trying to make sure I'm acting appropriately. Yeah, maybe like Thomas was saying, you know, there's this level of like awareness when you're in a different country because it's not the culture yeah. you grew up with. It's not the one that you necessarily know in and out. Yeah. What was it like having the boys start school? We had like no issues really, but the whole, I suppose the political environment that kind of developed like after starting has been like, you know, worrying because it's like, you know, waking up the next morning, like what's the headline going to be? What's going to happen like with schooling? Like, can they say who they are? Can they say what they did at the weekend? Did you pass like a don't say gay bill too? Or <gasps> is that what you're referencing? Well, I mean, the fear is always there, but you know, okay, the 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 school district and everything is no totally fine. And I did have the conversation with like the teachers. What happens if this were to be the case? And you know, they're they said no, we're not going to exclude anybody, and they're reassuring. So I think, and and of course, we have like friends there. There's another couple, you know, with their kids there, and yeah, so okay. we're kind of like we're we're not the only ones. So right, what was the conversation like? I mean, sending them to school. And 
them maybe having kids ask like where's your mom you know or explaining to them like hey these a lot of families have a mom and a dad but some dad like some families have two moms some families have two dads like did that happen pretty naturally they i'm assuming when you really teach them early so many of those questions well i mean they're not telling us yeah. but the one thing that we did have was like one of the parents say oh my son like came home kind of like sad because you know your boys have two dads and he only has like one dad at home and it's <laughs> yeah. oh, just like the opposite happening oh my god i think we're probably maybe approaching the stage of where kids might start asking especially maybe with the changeover to middle school and, and you know because most of their peers would already know and so when they're meeting like new people and certainly like early teenagers i think the questions might come then yeah, I mean, yeah we, I we've had, i've had one or two parents like reach out to me too and be like hey like they're asking this like how how should i respond like as in where the boys came from yeah like yeah. what you what you teach your your two-year-old versus a five-year-old versus a 10-year-old is very different you kind of peel back the layers of of how they came to be in some ways right like yeah you're totally. into all the biology of how kids are made yet so like for them like they don't need to know the details of all that yet. Well, thank you both so much for coming on and sharing your stories. Yeah, thanks for having us. I have like learned a lot about you both. Such a fun <laughs> story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, honestly, this like multinational love thing happening. Yeah, so if you guys want to keep up with the Von BKs, they are at the Von BKs on Instagram, TikTok. There is a website, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and to follow us or see what we're up to on the day-to-day, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, our website, all the places. We have a link down below. Click that. It'll send you everywhere. Uh, at Michael and Matt. And, and until next time. No, 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 <gasps> Wait, no, no, no. what? No, 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 no. Also, oh, don't forget to review, five-star oh, rating, all the things. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for supporting our podcast. <laughs> like, we are here because of you. We yes. are here because of you. Uh, <laughs> and so babies. You're, and babies. <laughs> but your support does mean everything. Yeah. Like, those ratings, those reviews, mm. that's what helps this podcast keep producing. Yes, we love you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time for the sign up. Okay, until next, next time, time daddies out. <laughs> Good job, guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. 